Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 62. Yeah, 62. You, you barely even knew this one was 62, eh? Man, I was <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell was going on. I had a pretzel in my brain. That, like, just like when, when Kent and, uh, and, and Ang were on the show. Just oh yo actually okay remind me of that before we had move on ken said that he watched um that movie and he said you were right close it's close. Uh, close it's close it's close it's not close did, did, it's close yeah did he say That's it was good said. too yeah he said it was really really good yeah it's but an he amazing said film. you were right it was close i knew yeah. it all these guys <laughs> yes. are trying to try to tell me i'm wrong for my own movie i brought up made <laughs> yeah. me made me get in my own head about it I'm like, yeah. am, I, am I wrong? Even though these guys have never seen it, I'm like, should I trust them? Yeah, no. But I was, I, I was, I was right. Pretzel on my head once more, though, because I, I was like looking through the doc for probably 20 minutes. I'm like, what episode? Like looking for it. I'm like, where's 63? Where's 63? Yeah, and, well, and you, I go by no, 62. The, yeah. <laughs> the best was I'm like looking in the episodes, trying to figure out why McGee can't find it, and I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm like. Okay, mine somehow is arranged like right beside episode 48. Like this is where I find it. And McGee goes, I see episode 48. It says this. And then I see episode 62. And then I don't see this one. I'm like, yeah, it is 62. <laughs> we both just started dying laughing. He's like, it's been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been so, going. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been scrolling. But it's, it's a, I found it. We're here. Yeah. Uh, 62, good number. It's the year my parents were born. So shout out Kent and Andrea. Um, 62 62 man Damn. yeah it Damn. is uh it is a big one okay so here we go every week we do the the uh head-to-head challenges for the numbers we take a somebody or we take people who wore the number of the episode yeah and we face them head-to-head in some kind of challenge that we decide so Let's just break down the challenge, describe what okay. the challenge is going to be, and then I'll give the uh, the player intros. So, McGee, you picked this challenge, so I want to give you the uh, give you the floor All to right. explain it and why you picked it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I uh, the challenge this week, it's near and dear to my heart. It's going to be a face off <laughs> of the Buck Hunter like arcade video game. You know, you know the one. You know the yeah. one I'm talking about with the, with the little gun. You go like cock it back and just. It's always like here. a big, bright orange gun too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I chose Buck Hunter because um, we were thinking of like different like, weird, obscure things to watch or to like like activities or challenges. And my mind immediately went to like ESP, ESPN eight, the Ocho. Yeah. I was telling Philly about some of the weird, ridiculous like events I watched with like full contact juggling and just weird, weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and Buck Hunter, I watched the, like the big Buck Hunter like national championships uh, this past summer, and <laughs> while so that's one of the reasons why I chose it. But the best thing ever was there's a bar in Waterloo, more of a club really, I guess. But uh, there's this place in Waterloo, Watering Hole, we'll call it, that uh, had a big Buck Hunter arcade video game in the in the place, it it, was like amazing. in the bar, in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd go in and like it's a, it's a pretty greasy spot like unless you're like a dealer or like a, bo- a promoter or a grease ball like this you'd hate this place it's just like a okay. sleazy spot um but they had buck hunter so i mean it was the best best spot in that's Waterloo. the draw <laughs> that's yeah, the was, draw yeah buck hunter was the draw and everybody would go and just line up to play some buck hunter and then they took it out Oh. And they tried. They added like this weird, shitty bottle service thing, and these like weird booths that are more like bleachers, and they're trying to like make it upscale. It's like, man, 
you're no. placing you're placing Waterloo. Like, come on. <laughs> you're missing. You're missing Act the like mark it. entirely. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are. So, I guess that's my be better for the week. The drink in Waterloo, even though it's closed right now, but the drink be better. Man. Be better. Bring and back the, people, the buck hunter. For, for, yeah, bring back the buck hunter for all the people promoting it. Like, it's not worth promoting, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure these guys like actually find a bunch of suckers to like go and and do that, but. Fair enough. Okay, so number 62, episode 62. We've got two athletes here prepared. One is a current professional athlete and one is an old school um, old school athlete. So without further ado, I will uh, I'll break these two these two competitors down. So our first competitor. He played four years of Division I hockey at the University of Michigan and finished out his senior year as the captain of the team. He's currently in his 10th season in the NHL, having played for the New York Rangers, Anaheim Ducks, Pittsburgh Penguins, Los Angeles Kings, and currently with the Washington Capitals. He's an NCAA champion, an Olympic silver medalist, a World Junior silver medalist, and a two-time, yes, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Standing at 5'11", 185 pounds, a left winger from Nick Varn, Sweden, our first competitor, Carl Haglin. And his competitor for the Buck Hunter Arcade Challenge. He played 12 years in the National Football League, 10 years at the Miami Dolphins, and two years at the Minnesota Vikings. He attended six Pro Bowls and made the first team All-Pro three times, McGee, three whole times. He was a part of the only undefeated season in NFL history, making it one of his two, yes, two career Super Bowls. A member of the Football Hall of Fame, standing at six foot two, 250 uh, pound center from Little Falls, Minnesota, Jim Langer. Here we go. This is a big competition. What an introduction. What a competition for these two tremendous athletes. Jim Langer, undefeated season in NFL history, never lost. This guy undefeated, never lost. This guy is uh he's a threat, man. And anytime you take a a big Minnesotan from Little Falls and put him in a big buck hunter uh you gotta like those odds. Okay, so this one is pretty sick because I think that it's almost even playing ground. And the thing is, I don't know what the hunting laws are in Sweden or anything like that. So I can't speak to that kind of knowledge. But if you Google Nick Varn Sweden on Google Images, first of all, it looks very, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, outdoorsy. It looks very oh, na- oh, naturous. Yeah. Right <laughs> I don't know how to. There's lots of parks and all these things out here. Water very close by. There's this one image that I'm looking at, and it literally looks like, um, <laughs> you know, Nuketown. What what uh, Call of Duty was that from? <laughs> like, it's oh, like they basically dropped like the city of Nuketown from Call of Duty into like the middle of a forest. <laughs> and that that's like that's the town. <laughs> that's that's the town. Nick Varn is Nuketown. That's probably, so sounds similar enough. It's probably based on it. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, but I basically I'm like looking at him. I'm like, yo, no way this guy from Little Falls, Minnesota is losing a buck hunter challenge like Minnesota, Little Falls, Minnesota. Come on. But then I like search up Nick Varn. I'm like, okay, this may be a closer competition than I thought. And even if there isn't like hunting necessarily in Nick Varn, I think that the fact that Carl Hagman is just like a modern day lad, like he's going to the, like you said, he's probably pulling up to what's that? the drink that's what the place is called (laughs) 
he's pulling up to the drink with crazy it's ov and the boys and playing some blonde hair on just <laughs> yeah. blowing in the wind and he's picking his beer off bang. one by one yeah just, just hammered a at the drink of women a slew of women <laughs> behind him cheering him on yeah exactly yeah so i think uh and then too the what you got to take into account which which a lot of people forget those Scandinavian countries, even if it doesn't like have to do with hunting specifically, you can't knock their biathlon hustle, man. They're out there on the skis mm. with their little like guns picking off the target. Yes, those the Scandinavians guys are, good are crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're good shooters. Like maybe not animals, but dude, they're 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 elite marksmen. I'll tell you that. Yes. For no, you're right. You're right. They definitely <laughs> are. <laughs> The Scandinavians are always, whenever you watch those, I never know how to, like, tell who's winning just based on watching. Like, you always have to check the leaderboard. You know what I mean? Because I feel like people are always just in different, like, parts of the race at different times. But you'll, you'll if you're just, like, a casual viewer, you think they're all in the same place. And then there's, like, point scores and everything. But, yeah, the Scandinavians are pretty elite at that. So maybe he has some kind of, like, background. That being said, though, he did play and come over here to play NCAA, so I don't know how much time he spent yeah. in Sweden. Yeah, this guy's been, he's more North American than I am at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I don't know, but man. Okay. I think uh, oh, the I, I honestly just Googled Carl Hagelin biathlon, just hoping I'd get lucky, and maybe he had like a, a young, a young, like, children's biathlon career before he like learned hockey. <laughs> Couldn't find yeah. anything. Uh, I doubt okay. it, but... It's in his blood. It's got to be. It's yeah. Be. Okay, so who's your pick here? Jim Langer and Carl Hagelin. Buck Hunter arcade game. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Carl Hagelin, specifically because the, the biathlon, the, the, the marksmanship is in his blood. Plus, he's a little more slender at 5'11", 185. He can move quickly around the screen. <laughs> and I watched I watched like that national championship thing on the Ocho, and it wasn't all about, like... Well, they did look like real hunters. Like a lot of them were, were big, big, burly men, probably from Little Falls. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, they had the speed too. You gotta. It's like kind of just spammy a little bit. Like you have the okay. speed, or you have the you have the accuracy, but the speed is almost more so important. So I'm gonna give the little dexterous arms of the 511, 185 Carl Hagel on the edge. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna have to go opposing you here and take Jim Langer. I think that the fact that he's from Little Falls, Minnesota, is it's such an edge here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Little Falls, Minnesota, just screams hunting and wilderness to me. Yeah. Like, this is the guy who's two years old learning how to set bear traps. So, yeah, like, yeah. like this is I, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards there. I'm pretty sure too he went to the University of South Dakota too. So they're oh like, this guy God. is just a grizzled grizzled human being and then i think though that to challenge your like speed moving around the screen i don't think he has the same speed necessarily as Haglin, but i don't think he trails that far behind because he played center in the nfl and all i can yeah. think about is like off the snap you're you're like up here moving left to right like you gotta block this guy block that guy you gotta find where they're coming from where the rushers are coming from so like his sense of awareness of where guys are popping up from and where things are moving is just off the charts and i just think he's a marksman i think yeah. like he definitely shoots in his spare time like he 
he goes to the range and goes and hunts bucks in real life. So he he uh, yeah, he's just well, gonna be real you, accurate. So. Walk into Jim Langer's house and all you see is just like deep mounted, like deer <laughs> yeah. heads everywhere. I like I just like, picturing this guy wearing like a Keswick dinner jacket, like yeah. big blue jeans. He's got um, what are they called uh, suspenders and yeah, like. Can of dip in his back pocket. Yeah, and then one of the things where they they put them on the walls, or they stuff animals. What is it called? Um, oh, like the uh, the tax taxidermist. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like he's got, no, he's bucks got a whole taxidermist. everywhere. <laughs> he he doesn't only have the buck heads. He's got a taxidermist like little like station in his basement where he does it himself. He does it himself. <laughs> And he yeah. lives in a log cabin for sure. The only source of heat is the fireplace being on all day. Yeah. So that's my winner of this Buck Hunter Challenge, my personal winner. But I think I think you could go either way. I think just that Scandinavian blood and Carl Hagelin definitely definitely could pull through here. But yeah, that's that's my pick. So I think that was a good yeah. challenge though. Buck Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I like the Buck Hunter, man. R.I.P. Jim Langer though, for real. Good yeah. job, buddy. What a career what a career um okay now moving on uh earlier this week we had an opportunity to interview a guest that we've had on before he was a pretty enjoyable guest the first time on we had good feedback when we had him and uh shortly like we had him on shortly after canada had played the u.s in the in the gold medal game in the world juniors and this year this year we this year yes this year so we were kind of thinking like who who could we have on as guests again because we want to get back into the swing of things start interviewing people again and this guy he was gracious enough to come on uh friend of the show and yeah. he had participated in the world juniors himself but the first time that we talked to him he he hadn't yet so it was a good opportunity to get to catch up with him and uh i think it's time now we head over to our to our first guest of 2021 first guest of the new year uh let's just bring him in right now the boys are pleased to welcome back a returning guest of the lads and lawn chairs podcast a fourth round selection of the los angeles kings in the 2017 nhl entry draft played four years in the ontario hockey league for the owen sound attack guelph storm and london knights where he racked up 131 points and 161 penalty minutes in 284 games making appearances in the OHL All-Stars Junior Super Series, the Memorial Cup, and the 2019 World Junior Hockey Championship as a member of Team Canada. He currently plays for the Ontario Reign in the American Hockey League, but was most notably my defense partner in the York Adult Hockey League for the Kings Hockey Club, friend of the show, Marcus Phillips. Marcus, how's it going, buddy? Good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I like the intro. Oh. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> D partner, let's go. Best yeah. D partner I've ever had. Hey, there we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming back on. We uh, we had you on before. And at that time, you were still playing in the OHL, kind of talking about where you were at there. And at that time, I guess you were still in Owen Sound. You hadn't even been traded to Guelph yet. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have you on. How have you been doing since then? Yeah, pretty good. It's been a whirlwind. I think I can't even count how many teams I've played for since uh, since then. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, things are good. Uh, just grinding away, and uh, yeah, just trying to chip away at uh, in LA right now. It's good, good to hear. So we know that the World Juniors just kind of uh, came and went. Unfortunately, Canada didn't win golds. Yeah, you were fortunate enough to take part in that tournament. Um, so I can't even imagine kind of the pressure put on the Canadian athletes. Like if they don't win golds, I'm, I'm sure that's that's always a tough thing. 
Um, but would you receive like would you say that you received a lot of hate after the tournament when you guys kind of fell short, or does life just go on as usual? Yeah, I think uh, some guys more than others. I know like our captain uh, Max Comtois, he uh, he had a penalty shot in OT and he missed. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really the best attempt, but uh, he uh, he received a lot of hate even like right after the game. We uh, we saw his phone and uh, there were some bad messages on there. So um, yeah, I think not so much for me. I guess my buddies chirp me about it or whatever. Like if the Finns come back like they did a couple nights ago and they'd always, they'd throw a dagger at me, but honestly, nothing, nothing in the public eye. And uh, that's, that's good in that sense. Yeah. Right. Um, you obviously were lucky enough to play for team Canada. What is that experience like getting to represent your country? Like how much pride did you take in that? Yeah, that was nuts. Uh, I'll just go from like training camp. So there wasn't really like a, a set in stone lineup going in. There was no returning defenseman. So it was kind of anyone's, uh, anyone's job. Uh, so we went in there and uh, they kind of put you with a guy uh, you're competing against as a roommate. So it was okay. me and uh, one other guy's uh, penguins pick now. And uh, it's like, we wouldn't talk at all. Like, it was really <laughs> awkward because we, we, like for three or four days, we knew we were fighting for the same job. So it was, uh, it was really awkward there. And uh yeah, luckily enough, I performed. I got some good uh, bounces in the scrimmages against the U Sport guys and got named to right. the team. And I, I didn't, they didn't even tell me. They kind of, what they did was they called the phone in the hotel room. And uh, if, if they called you, you were getting cut. So uh, like they called our room and it was either me or my roommate. And right. uh, luckily, uh, I picked up the phone and then they asked for him and I handed it to him. And like I was low-key like trying to, trying to be nice and like be like oh yeah. I'm sorry man like whatever but I was so pumped because <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, if, he was, if he was getting cut, as bad as it sounds like like I was so pumped and uh, then Bob McKenzie tweeted uh, the roster and I saw my name right. so I was, I was fired up and uh, I was on home soil too so I was nice and uh, in Vancouver in Victoria so uh, the yeah. barn was packed every night I think there was like 18 19,000 fans so it was pretty sick yeah so Okay, I want to talk about that. Like your roommate was the guy that you were competing against. Going into it, like obviously when you're there, you kind of realize like, yeah, this is a guy I'm fighting for for this spot. But like going into it, was it more of like a self-realization that this is the guy you're competing against? Or did they kind of say to you like, hey, that's the guy that's fighting for that spot? Uh, like a bit of both. Like you kind of know how the guy plays, like his role. And uh, he's like a mobile puck moving guy. He can kind of right. play both ends of the rink. So like I knew that he knew that I think the coaching staff obviously did cause they even put right. the goalies together and that sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, it, it was, it was pretty intense and they like take your phones away and stuff too. Like, hockey can is pretty strict on, uh, on trying to limit the distractions outside of the rink. And, uh, right. it's like, we would just sit there and watch Netflix and just not say a word and just, it, it was, it was weird. Like it's definitely not ideal, but, uh, yeah, definitely played into my favor at the end there just throw on like the worst show of all time something that's- yeah i don't even know it's like riverdale or something just awful and then like <laughs> and then i guess he the my roommate said to mark masters that we've been watching it in the in the hotel room and mark masters was asking me questions about riverdale and i'm like dude like, i'm not talking about riverdale <laughs> said <PSN> right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's hilarious though do you think that like being paired with that roommate made you more competitive during the camp being paired with that guy like do you think if you're paired with just say a forward maybe you wouldn't have obviously you're still going to bring it every time you're on the ice but do you think that that raised any intensity yeah i think like 
uh, it probably raised the intensity like the whole time instead of just when I'm at the rink or just on the bus towards uh, driving to the rink, whatever. But it was like compete level on high the whole time we were there. And it was, uh, it was intense. It was four days and long, probably the longest four days. Like every, you make a mistake on the ice and you just think, oh, I'm getting cut, whatever. But uh, yeah, obviously it doesn't work out that way, but uh, that's just the way your head goes when it's a short camp and, I don't know. It's every kid's dream to play in the world juniors. So, and you're that, yeah. and I was that close and uh, yeah, you kind of, you, you kind of magnify every mistake. Right. I, I, I want to know if you've reached out to this guy after the fact, like, is there any relationship there? Like where you could kind of reach out and be like, Oh man, I, I don't know. We're like, weird time. We're, yeah. Like I kind of knew him before we played like the top prospects game and whatever, but like, I, I, I wasn't like enemies with the guy, but uh, yeah. I'm not like boys, boys, like, I don't know. He, I'll like his pick on Instagram or whatever, but we weren't like close beforehand. We definitely don't like dislike each other by any means. Yeah. Should have gone okay, to the so... first day, just like cranked out push ups before bed and just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the just let him know, like, let him know. Like, the routine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know you're a big uh, sneaker guy, and yeah. with, uh, with Hockey Canada, they're sponsored by Nike. And I know there was a video circulating of the American team walking into the rink the other day with like their big USA Nike puffer jackets. Could you talk a little bit about like the gitch that you guys got with? team canada was there anything that you were just like damn like this is actually just disgusting yeah so like so when we got there we got uh just for the camp we'd get uh like golf shirts uh like a it was vancouver victoria so it wasn't too cold so we get like a soft jacket uh yeah some golf pants just because we wear business casual all the time so you're always wearing right. dress shoes and your dress pants golf shirt uh at the rink we'd get to, like metcon nikes and uh shorts uh gitch like under under stuff and once we made the team uh they'd right away like we had a meeting right after they named it and uh we got a whole suitcase full of stuff like uh <laughs> I, it, it was nuts there's so much i can't even remember how much it was like a sick nike carry-on suitcase and it was just filled with hats and shirts and pants shorts you name it it was in there and then uh we were at uh, bear mountain resort in victoria it's always on okay. uh always on desante wealth asante wealth management yeah yeah. Hey, yeah hey that's yeah. my old employer man i used to work for those guys last time i love it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they're always on the tv so bear mountain was the resort we stayed at and uh they brought like the nike uh, uh i don't know the, uh, like a truck in or whatever and they kind of just opened it up and let us grab whatever we wanted there's uh, all kinds of like jordans and all that and there is sick but uh yeah i ended up going home with like three more suitcases than what i came with but uh, <laughs> yeah no so that truck pulls stuff. up and they say like you can have whatever whatever you want in there right like what is the first yeah. thing you grab what's the first thing you walk towards uh, i think i grabbed uh like a winter coat there's like a sick winter coat that i grabbed that i had like hockey hand on the side here yeah and, uh yeah i just kind of just grabbed as much like because you only allowed one trip in so like we just grabbed <laughs> okay you can, like you can like drop stuff off and come. so we just tried to get so guys are coming out we like piled up over their shoulders yeah, and exactly. stuff. but then, then we're trying to then we're trying to figure out how we're going to get all this stuff from victoria to vancouver when the tournament starts right that's funny and then getting to play, you touched on it a little bit, getting to play on home soil in Vancouver. How cool was that? Like, what was that atmosphere like? Yeah, it was, it was sick. Like, you, you just go out. Like, we were walking around the streets, and uh, they'd recognize us and say hi, whatever, good luck. And uh, 
the minute we hopped on the ice for warmups against, uh, I think we played Denmark first. Um, yeah, it was just surreal. Like it was, it was packed in warmups. Fans are cheering near the glass, banging. It, it was, it was pretty sick, and uh, that was a tough. Yeah, we won like fourteen nothing that game. But uh, I think yeah, Frosty, yeah. Had, I think Frosty had like eight points. Or so. It was crazy. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but yeah, that was it, it. Was cool though. Like, I was, there's no experience has been quite like that one for sure. Right. So last question kind of about the world juniors here. I just kind of want to get your opinion on this. Um, a lot of, I guess, controversy has kind of gone on about like the tournament and the term tournament format and about teams. Like I think of the biggest thing was after Canada beat Germany 16 two. um, people are trying to figure out ways to make the tournament more competitive as someone who played in the tournament. Is there anything you would change or would you just kind of leave it as is? I'd honestly just leave it as is because you look at say our, us against Denmark or Canada against Germany um, for them, for that country, regardless of the score, that's their Stanley cup finals game seven, like just right. playing in uh, for us playing in front of that crowd and uh, playing in Canada. Like, I, I honestly don't think obviously they want to win and keep it competitive, but at the same time, it's a, such a small country and, these kids are living out their dreams playing against team Canada. I don't think they were too worried about the score. And I think yeah. their focus were, was more on the games against, uh, I think Kazakhstan was in our thing, the relegation games. That's where they, that's where they want to bring their A game when it comes to relegation. Right. Okay. So, so after having played like, at the world juniors, then you went on to play in the Memorial cup. How, what was the difference in kind of pressure there? Uh, between one representing your country on home soil and then two playing nationals where again probably arguably the hardest tournament one to get to in sports and two to win yeah it's like completely different because um the memorial cup is weird um you don't have that fan support so say it was in halifax for us which was actually a great spot for it but um when we were playing like ruan naranda there is no like the fans are so like in between. They're not cheering for one team. They're not cheering for the other. They just want so a good game. Really, they're just, yeah, yeah, exactly. they're just good hockey. Yeah. hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. So you can't really get behind the fans, like say the world juniors when you have 18,000 people screaming. But uh, yeah, but when we played, when we played Halifax, uh, I think we lost two one. Uh, that, that was pretty sweet because I think it holds 12,000 uh, that barn, but uh, that one was pretty cool. Just, uh, being on the opposite side of that when you have 12,000 people on the, uh, cheering for the other team. Yeah. 12,000 people screaming for the other team when you just came from an environment where you have like 18,000 screaming for you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Completely different. eh? Um, that was your first time being traded that year. You got traded from Owen sound where you started your OHL career to Guelph kind of what was it like being traded first of all and then yeah. second of all what were your like emotions toward owen sound were you upset with them at all or were you more so just excited for the new opportunity yeah so i'll, I'll run you down this is this was probably the craziest five days or four days of my life so we lost wednesday night to finland um top like heartbreaking broken stick they go down and yeah. score an ot um to flying home on thursday flying they got us out of there right away um, Friday, I wake up in the morning. I'm expecting just to go back to Owen Sound. I think we played that night in Kitchener. I was expecting I'll just go back on Saturday and just relax. I think I thought I'd get a break after a month and a half of camp. 
Um, yeah. But our GM wanted me and Suzuki to play that night in Kitchener. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm jet lagged and everything. So we, uh, me and Zooks, he was in London at the time. We both drove there just for the game, like right for game time. And then uh, just hopped on the ice and our motivation, we just didn't want to play. Obviously. So you were home, home, like you were not in. Home. Yeah, I was in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was at home and Zooks was in London. And then we had yeah. to drive our own cars. I think my dad drove <laughs> with me and then yeah. my mom met him after. And uh, yeah, we played uh, Kitchener. I don't even, I didn't even warm up before the game. I just, like, <laughs> I didn't even go on for warm ups. I just stayed Full in the dressing gear room. on the ride there. Like, I was, like, I, was so, <laughs> yeah. I was so, I was so gassed. Like, I just really didn't want to play. And, uh, I wasn't happy about that and neither was Zooks, but, uh, anyway, so we played that and I had to drive back to Owen sounds after the game with the assistant coach. Um, so that's like another two hours of driving. What have been the most awkward car ride of all time? I feel like. Yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Just music on full, but, uh, yeah, so that happened. And then I wake up Saturday morning. I guess slept into like 10, maybe 11. We were supposed to play North Bay that night. And, uh, I'm like, I'm not playing a back-to-back. Like, I'm so tired. So I, I checked my phone after I woke up. My alarm went off, and my agent called me, like, five times. I'm like, oh, here we go. What's this going to be about? <laughs> and uh, anyways, he, he wanted me to, like, he said there's a deal worked out with Guelph, and if I wanted to go there or whatever, I had no trade. So I kind of – card was in uh, my corner. And I said, yeah, I said I'd go to Guelph. So that happened. Like, this is the, right after – two days after we lost in the World Juniors. Yeah. So anyways – I had to like tell my billet mom I got traded, um, <laughs> pack up my whole room, like everything. I packed it up, threw it in my car. They did a little like ceremony, like a goodbye thing at the rink that night at like seven, seven o'clock puck drops. So they did a little thing. And then, uh, and I drove to Guelph after the ceremony and then I Holy played shit. two o'clock the next day against North Bay in Guelph. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 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 like what is this four days so yeah i end up getting losing world juniors playing for owen sound getting traded and then playing in guelph the next day and suzuki got traded with you right yes yeah, okay he, he so like to... i got traded first um i got traded for a lot actually i don't know how why they traded so much for me but uh, <laughs> uh i got traded on the saturday and then i played north bay on the sunday and then we played London on the Tuesday. So, I'd, again, no break, like no rest. And uh, Zooks got traded with Dursey and Robbie on, right. the Tuesday, on the Tuesday. So I only played one game without, uh, without those guys. Okay. Okay. And then going to Guelph from Owen Sound. Obviously, Owen Sound loves their hockey. They love, uh, they love you guys out there. But Guelph just being a bigger city kind of having more people, a little bit more atmosphere to it. Was there a notable difference between the fan base in Guelph and Owen Sound? Or I think uh, I think for regular season, uh, Owen Sound, I don't think anything beats the Owen Sound atmosphere. Um, okay. But once we got into playoffs, uh, the Sleeman Center was rocking. Uh, by the time we got to Ottawa in the finals, it was, it was loud. And uh, yeah, and we ended up winning on home ice too, which was sweet. Had the yeah. whole celebration there. And yeah, it's cool just having the university there at uh, – makes for some good times, like good team bonding outside of the rink. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a lot more, it was different than Owen Sound, but uh, I feel like Owen Sound's a good place when you're in high school and stuff. You can kind of have some fun that way and whatever, right. but once you're older, uh, yeah, I think Guelph, uh, well, obviously London's the best, but uh, Guelph was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Guelph was pretty fun too. 
So last year you got your first taste of pro. Uh, you're playing for the Ontario Reign in the AHL and Fort Wayne in the EC. What yep. was the transition like going from junior to the pros and like what kind of main differences can you take away from mainly I want to know about like kind of the off-ice lifestyle. Um, okay. Like moving into your own place and kind of transitioning that way. Yeah, so uh, I'll just start with the hockey side of things. We had like 12 defensemen in Ontario last year, so there's a lot of bodies. So I played my first game against Tucson. I think we lost like 8 nothing. so I was – good welcome to the league yeah. the American league and then uh then I went to Fort Wayne so I moved into my place and we're in Hermosa Beach so I had a spot there with Jared Anderson Dolan one of my buddies so uh we moved in there um so that was good I was all settled in and then uh GM told me I was going down to Fort Wayne just to play I think 15-20 games yeah so I just moved into one place and then I gotta <laughs> move in go to Fort Wayne which did not want to go there I was, wasn't yeah. too happy about that, but it ended up being great because I played a lot and good coach. It was actually uh, Bruce Boudreaux's son. Oh, really? Was, uh, my, okay. was my coach in uh, Fort Wayne, so he's a great guy. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was all right and uh, played 20 games. But then I had to move into a new place in Fort Wayne, team paid for it and everything. So I have one place there. I have one place in California. <laughs> so I'm just all over the map. And then I got uh, – we played uh, – we had a road trip. It was, uh, we left at eight o'clock at night from Fort Wayne. We drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma on a sleeper bus. This is the nice. East Coast League for you. So <laughs> yeah. we drive overnight. We got there at 8 a.m. We hop on the ice for a pregame skate. Then we play Tulsa that night. And I slept in like <laughs> a little a little bunk on a bus. I'm not even ready. Um, so we do that. And then after that game, we drive from Tulsa to Kansas City, which I don't even know is like six hours. Play Kansas City that day drive from kansas city to chicago so we drive to chicago then we have rookie party that night which was uh, <laughs> oh which was nuts yeah then we had practice the next day uh so right after rookie party practice which that was not good either um so did that uh then we flew to boise idaho which undercover is the best city i played in last year like or traveled to i guess really why is that boise state university is there and okay uh, during the winter, it's not too touristy, so it's only university students, and it's uh, it's actually a really fun spot. Um, so I played one game there, and I got called up back to Ontario on that road trip. Oh so I had a, I had everything back in Fort Wayne in my room, like so I had to they had to ship it all to me. They had to pack it all up for me, <laughs> ship it to me. They forgot my Xbox controller, a couple games. I'm like, oh, this is a mess. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I. And then it's like Christmas time at this point. So I'm going to book flights home. So I uh, played three games. Uh, yeah, I played three games after I got called back up from uh, Fort Wayne. Uh, went home for Christmas. I think we only had three days off. So went home for Christmas and flew back, played one more game. And then they kind of were like, you can go back to Fort Wayne or you can go to London. Or it wasn't actually, uh, you can go back to the O. So I'm like... I don't really want to go back to Fort Wayne. Like I didn't have a car. It was kind of miserable. And I was like, I was, I was dominant in that league. Like it wasn't like it's right. good hockey, but it, like, it wasn't good for me. I was getting bad habits and whatnot. So yeah. I thought I'd go back and like, we kind of, me and my agent looked at what teams might want me. And uh, London came up obviously, but uh, Mark and Dale Hunter were at the world juniors. So they couldn't make a deal until after. So I think we decided I'd go back to uh, go back home. So Packed everything up I had. I had everything here. Brought that all home. I think I had three hockey bags, two suitcases, a duffel bag, and a backpack. 
on the plane. So I'm traveling around the airport with this. I look like an idiot. But uh, yeah, so then I went back home and yeah, just uh, chilled out for a bit. And there's a couple trades. I could have went to another place in the O and I just said, no, I didn't really want to go there. Uh, yeah. It was an American team. So didn't really okay. want to spend. Yeah, didn't want to go there. Wasn't uh, didn't want to spend my last couple months there. And finally, London uh, traded for me. And uh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, I think, recently. Oh, yeah. Going to London. Yeah, that was awesome. So that must have been pretty chaotic. You flying around yeah. from Ontario to Fort Wayne, going on these road trips. Then you're back to Ontario. Then you're back home. And then you're out and to back. London, like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you were to have like three items, because this, I'm just thinking about this because you're talking about your Xbox controllers being missing. If you had yeah, yeah. three must-haves that have yeah. to come with you from from wherever you're going one place to another this is like non-hockey just like non-hockey non-hockey okay, non yeah. okay okay yes what are or i'll extend it to five if you want but like right, what I'll are your three. Okay. okay what are your three things that you need to have with you wherever you're going okay so if this is right now i have the new xbox like the little one like, <laughs> yeah like series s or whatever so that's pretty small I'll throw that in my backpack i got the normatex the uh okay you know the, like the compression boots that you put yep. on for recovery so those things are a lifesaver i'll bring those and then uh probably my ipad just for some videos or whatever uh yeah, on the trip so those three probably for sure but the xbox is number one yeah just play cod or nhl on the road it's pretty solid things to bring around so your team your ahl team that you played for is located on ontario california yeah. Um, I know like when I was younger, I kind of seen Ontario come up when I was playing NHL or whatever, and I never really understood what was happening. Um, yeah, I was the same actually. <laughs> how often have you told people, yeah, I, I play for the Ontario rain and they, they think you still play in Canada. Like, is that all like mixed up a yeah, lot? I, like, I, I walk around the rinks back home, like in Toronto, just like during the long break and they see my hockey bag. They're like, what's the Ontario rain? Like where in Ontario do you guys play? I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I just get sick of, I get sick of explaining it. I'm like, Oh, it's Ontario, California. And they're like, Oh, yeah. cool. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's but another thing. Like in Ontario, we don't even, uh, we practice in uh, the Kings facility. So we're in uh, El Segundo, which is uh, near Manhattan, most beach. So for a game day in Ontario, uh, actually this year we're playing out of the practice rink. We're not even going there. But Ontario from here is probably like an hour and a half. So okay. on a game day, on a game day, nor like a normal, if everything was okay and we had fans, uh, we had pregame skate in El Segundo, drive to Ontario, get a day room at the hotel. They'd give us pregame, then we'd play and then drive home. So that's yeah. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that's that's how that works. Yeah, I know not. it's. I know. So you like, touched on the most pandemic. people don't even know that. Like most people think like we live in Ontario and whatnot. We're like yeah. an hour and a bit That's from Ontario. Yeah. That's it'd be like driving day. from Toronto to basically Peterborough. I don't even know. Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah. yeah. And before, you have to do like, that on game day. Highway all the way. <laughs> yeah. And if there's traffic, that's another thing. So luckily we go at decent hours, but there's like one accident away from LA traffic getting, holding you up and yeah, it's terrible. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts, you, though. You touched, on, <laughs> you touched on the pandemic a little bit, and I know that training camps are kind of underway right now. So I know, Philly, we were kind of asking you about it before we started recording, but what, what's the kind of the pandemic training camp like? How's that, how's that differed? 
Yeah, we uh we get tested uh every day. Uh so we have mandatory testing every morning. Um limited uh limited people around the rink. Not as many uh there's no media, everything's on Zoom. Uh gotta wear your mask uh all the time other than when we're in the gym or on the ice. And uh yeah, limited numbers in the gym too. Things are only allowed uh eight maximum uh in the gym. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of rules. And uh, when I first got here, I got here about a month ago. Um so this was you're training at an NHL facility, so you're still getting tested three times a week, and you were only allowed ten guys on the ice, and that's including coaches and goalies. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot different, uh, a lot different uh, than a normal, normal training camp. That's for sure. That's wild. Only ten guys on the ice, including goalies and coaches. Yeah, so that that was like a month ago. Now we have as many as we want, but uh, yeah, that right. was it was it was tough. Was it just like it tough. skill sessions? Like that's some. No, no, we were doing like three on twos and two on ones. Like it, they were baggers. So that's yeah. why, like, yeah, my, I can body, my body, my body's okay right now because we did like a month training camp before uh, we yeah. started here. Yeah, like, it, it was tough, and it, and we had to mandatory seven day quarantine when we got here for right. eight days. Then, so uh, you don't skate for eight days, and you jump into a skate like that, and the legs are barking at you that's for sure oh thank god you got those recovery uh the legs i know i got them right here i'm gonna hop <laughs> on them after this yeah I love, I love those the norma techs so uh you wake up go to practice uh let's say you don't have a game that day so you don't have to drive an hour and a half to your home rink but like, you just have a practice you come home you got nothing else going on what do you sit down and do for the rest of your day how do you kill time for the rest of your day see i, I was planning like I was planning to take like a, a school, like a university course, but and then COVID happened. So then I didn't, I didn't even bother with that. But okay. uh, right now uh, the training camp, like we're pretty busy right now. If this was regular season, I'll probably just come home and literally play Xbox all day or just nap. I don't know. We don't really have anything to do. Like right. <laughs> we, we pra- in season, we'll probably practice at like nine and work okay. out at 10. And then uh, we get breakfast and lunch there. And then I don't know if there's, literally nothing to do all day it's just come crazy. home xbox and what are your go-to like games on xbox I play uh nhl fifa or call of duty call of duty right now for sure okay okay um did you get to experience like nightlife in la at all like how close are you to actually being downtown la um like we're we're it's up pretty close probably like 30 minutes we're probably like aurora to downtown toronto right now okay, okay. honestly from here to hollywood that's probably right. about the same um but no because i was only 20 last year so we didn't uh oh right and, and, yeah yeah <laughs> and they're they're pretty strict on like we, we'd try and get in or whatever but yeah we would only uh we'd go to like the local spots around uh, hermosa or manhattan but never really went to hollywood and experienced that when the older guys would right Man, I forgot about that. It's 21. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad. When we play Tucson, that's a good spot too because uh, that's where University of Arizona is U of A. Okay. So we play there, then fly home the next morning. So we'd always have some fun that night. That was always good. It's pretty cool. And then when you're just around uh, in LA, like in California there, do you ever just see celebrities kind of walking around or like being a part of the Kings organization have you had any interactions with celebrities or anything like that uh honestly not really no like now everyone's masked up so you can't really tell but uh i saw sean mcfay like the rams head coach (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. he he ran past me like a week and a half ago on the beach because i recognize he got the spiky hair and he's like (laughs) yeah 
I, I, I recognize that, but there's a couple of guys that live nearby. Like Steve Nash has a place uh, down the street here, uh, but he's okay. in Brooklyn. Um, uh, Pete Carroll, the Seahawks head coach, he's got a spot here. Uh, Kendrick Lamar has got a place. Uh, yeah, there's so many. There, there's a lot of people around, and it's, it's pretty cool because this is a, it's a very chill area. It's kind of it's pretty low key and wealthy, right? Um, so you don't really get the normal the normal crowds uh, around here. Like rent's really expensive. Housing prices are through the roof, so it's not like a normal LA neighborhood, right? Fair enough. I think uh, to wrap up, we got some. Uh, we submitted that little like thing on our Instagram to get some questions yeah. from the fans. Um, so we got a few questions for you coming from our listeners and. Yeah, we're excited to get those your way. We we kind of ran by them. Some of them are pretty good, so we're looking forward to, to those answers in. Uh, so the first one uh, is: Were you doing anything special in minor hockey to make yourself look like a man amongst boys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be the Italian blood I have in me. <laughs> yeah, my mom's full Italian, so I kind of look a little older. I had the facial hair going a little bit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think just that. Uh, yeah, just. Uh, early bloomer and uh yeah lucked out in that sense that's for sure fair enough okay uh this one i think is pretty good because this question came in and i brought it up to you prior to and it's something that i think is hilarious and if people are watching on youtube you can see this uh you'll see exactly why it's so funny so this person writes in they know <laughs> it's uh ryan de silva and he says yeah. What's up with your wrist wear? You're the only guy I know who wears a watch on both wrists at the same time. And I bring this up to you before the episode and all yeah. you do is lift both arms. I got them both going. <laughs> see, see, Gino, Gino's going to join the trend, but uh, this one, I got uh, the whoop. It's like, okay. uh, I don't know. It's all over chiclets and stuff. It, it like yeah. tracks your sleep, uh, all that. And then I got my Apple watch here. I had this before, like the Apple watch and, uh, yeah, I still like wearing it because I can see the time because this right. this is just literally a band. So I don't know, it's kind of <laughs> so it's less of a watch. <laughs> it's more both. of a yeah. band. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, it's literally just I don't know. You clip it off like it's it's pretty it's pretty easy. It's just it's literally right. just a band. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, the first course, time you showed up, the Silva, of course, Silva <laughs> yeah. sends that in. Eh? How much flack have you taken for wearing like two bands though? Or do you know oh, other I, people I, who do I, it and it's just normal? Or yeah, it's like other, other guys around the rink, whoever has a whoop always wears both. But okay. I've gotten, I've gotten a couple questions. Like when I'm walking around, whatever, they're always like, what are you wearing two things Sean for? McVay, <laughs> stop <you on> the <laughs> beach. Yeah. Sean McVay. Man. Yeah. We're, bo- we're boys now. <laughs> uh, so the next one we got here is, uh, how did it feel to lose the hill tournament in high school to a, a double a riddled bcss squad yeah <laughs> that's a tough one <laughs> that's really uh, i don't know that's that's some that's a vintage question but uh I don't know. yeah i don't think we really cared all that much yeah we probably just thought we were gonna walk over a team and i don't know didn't but uh yeah, those those were those tournaments were fun. The they were fun, you kind of yeah. you didn't have your coaches and stuff like your regular club team, so you kind of did whatever you want and got yeah. into some bad habits. But yeah, uh, no yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I barely remember. I do remember that because we were pretty choked after. But uh, 
That is funny. That <laughs> I up. just remember I just remember a guy on our team, Blake Brimmer, if you're listening, shout out. But he was like probably six foot five. I don't know how much he weighed. I feel like I'm gonna guess completely wrong. But he was a ninety-seven. And you yeah. guys were 99s at the time. And I remember like Jake Tortora just comes like wheeling around the net. And this guy steps up from like the blue. He's like an absolute cronwall to this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and Tortora is like 5'4", like yeah, a buck 20 may- at the time yeah, too. Yeah, it was- and he still <laughs> is probably that much. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Probably the best moment of his uh, of Brimmer's hockey career. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> this person writes in and they want to know how good looking is Anze Kopitar in person? <laughs> See, I, I can't really like answer that one. That's uh, I don't know. He's a good looking guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got the accent and everything. Uh, yeah. Just the, the yeah, locks too, the curly he's, hair. He, yeah, he's got he's got the blonde hair. He's tall. He's pretty built. So I don't just a Slovenian prince. We <laughs> call him a man rocket. Yeah, he's a man rocket for sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so the next one we got here is there somebody that stands out to you, either that you've played with or against, who you feel like is underrated or being held back? So basically, just somebody who you think is way better than where they are career wise. I, I don't want to like chirp someone because they're uh, they're like not in like a good league or whatever. But uh, just because it's this guy, I'll say him. It's Rob, like Zach Roberts. Um, he was act, like in Owen Sound and whatnot. He was he was a legit player. Like he, uh, he was on NHL Central Scouting. I think he was like one fifteen or something. Uh, then he got unfortunate. He got a couple injuries and whatnot. Yeah. But even when he came back and when we were in Guelph, he never really got that chance to shine. Like. Memorial Cup, he finally got a couple extra shifts. Uh, I think uh, our coach sat some guy, and he, he got like a nice assist on one of the goals. I think against Ruan Naranda. So I think a guy like that is just like it's just a couple tough bounces, and uh, that's why like for me, I'm so fortunate. Luckily, knock on wood, I haven't had any bad injuries or whatever. But uh, it just shows you like how quick things can turn in the wrong direction. But uh, yeah, it's tough seeing it to a best buddy like that. But yeah. Yeah, that's one. All right. For sure. Last question here. Um, you'll know who wrote this one in as soon as I read it, but it's more related to it. It kind of connects to me a little bit here. But who is your favorite player on the Kings in the y'all? So the York Adult Hockey League summer team. <laughs> See, I, I definitely know who wrote this in. <laughs> yeah, definitely a GM. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll just give it. I'll, it's definitely our goalie. He's uh, Jake Murray. He's. Uh, yeah, he's a cornerstone of our team. He, uh, yeah, we don't really like to play defense all that much. Our <laughs> yeah. team, so yeah, he gets a lot of breakaways and whatnot. So yeah, he keeps us in it, but he also has lost us a couple games when uh, yeah. maybe he's, he's not Thank dialed you. in, or he or he plays with the team, the opposing team in the game before us. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense. The guys are pulling for four different teams in the league. So <laughs> thanks for keeping yeah, it honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think my favorite player on that team uh, might have to be Robbie Armstrong. He's just a true. true blue collar, nose to the grind, gritty hockey player who just will stick up for absolutely anybody. It's like men's league <laughs> hockey. Philly will get like a slash to the back of the legs and Robbie is just flying in, like grabbing guys, like throwing them out of the pile and stuff. Like this guy yeah, is just ready to scrap for the boys. <laughs> yeah. At all times. Kind of player. What, what a beauty. Yeah. He just knows his role. 
Yeah. He plays his yeah. role to a team. <laughs> That's plays, why he's yeah. effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we keep him around. But yeah, yeah that, exactly. that pretty much does it. Uh, Philly, thanks for coming on again and uh, joining us. Returning guest uh, on the Lads and Launch Heroes podcast. So it's good to catch up with you and hear about you've done a lot and made a lot of progress in your career so far. Like, I mean, the last time we spoke to you, you were still playing Own Sound and since then you've been a little bit of a journeyman i guess like in a in a good way like going yeah, from yep. owen sound to guelph to ontario to fort wayne back to london now you're out yeah. in la at camp again and uh so it's pretty cool to watch that i i remember watching you play in the world juniors as well and that was pretty cool i'm like hey like i, I play with that guy in summer hockey <laughs> same <laughs> but, last name too <laughs> yeah exactly <Let's> exactly <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool to watch you and follow you along. So we're wishing you nothing but the best as you keep going here. And hopefully we get to see you playing for the LA Kings pretty soon here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll come on whenever. It's fun uh, fun catching up and just uh, talking hockey. Unreal, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no yeah thank you. Season. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Philly. Appreciate it. Wow. What an interview. It's good to have him back on. I mean, we, we last time we spoke to him, uh, first, I should say, honestly, I think that uh, his interviewing skills have developed a whole lot more. Well, I think maybe our interview skills have developed a whole <laughs> yeah. lot more. Because I, I think that it was, this performance was uh, mutually w- way better than the first one, the first time we yeah. had him on. And he was still uh, really good around the first yeah, time around, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but it was great to have him back on Catch Up, find out a little bit about his World Junior experience, all the gitch that he got to bring home. Then yeah, it's pretty cool. Three right? suitcases, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. pick up some Jordans from the back of the Nike truck or whatever, and damn, that's yeah. unreal. Okay, um, so I want to ask you before travel. you move on, uh, if you had the opportunity to walk into a Nike, a Nike truck and grab anything you wanted, what what would you grab? Let's say like anything you can think of that's Nike is in there. What would you grab? Uh, I'd probably, oh man, like putting me on the spot here. I'd, I, I'm not going to specify, but I definitely look for shoes first. Okay. So my first two thought or first two kind of items is looking at the shoe selection and then uh, Nike puffer jackets, those big yeah, winter jackets. Yeah. I think those are my like top two. Like I, that's what I'm looking for if I go in there. Yeah, those, those would be my nice. picks. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, something Jack, cause like you gotta look for the most expensive items first. Like, so that's yes. the jackets and the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like the $350 winter jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The winter jackets or even some of those like thinner, like windbreaker type things. Or yeah. Thinner jackets. Yeah. yeah no, you can't go wrong with those, but man, to, just to have that opportunity in real life. Damn. Yeah. And the world junior, I guess the world junior is pretty cool too. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad. Getting <laughs> to play for your country in front of 20,000 screaming fans. Yeah, not but just, man, and he talked about all the travel too. I couldn't even imagine, bro. Like, yeah, what a hectic, what a hectic schedule that he walked us through. It meant it's the life of a pro athlete. Yeah, I guess so. And then even just like the life of the junior athlete, going from Canada to I, I think he lives in like kind of Richmond Hill area, Richmond Hill, out to Kitchener, back to Owen Sound, out to Guelph, like just getting traded around like that in the span of four days. And then, like you said, like the pro schedule, it was pretty cool to get to hear like the lifestyle behind the scenes of those guys. So pretty cool to hear about. And thanks to him for coming on. That's pretty good. We'll try and get some more stuff like that for you guys coming through the new year, but pretty good interview. So McGee, I want to get into one of our favorite segments. Now, uh, my sister got me this book for Christmas. It's called, you gotta be kidding the crazy book of crazier choices. And there is 400 pages in this book 
all of them are this or that. Every, every page is this or that. And I've been looking through, and I'm not even kidding you, I haven't yet seen one. Like I've not, I haven't gone through every page, obviously, but like I'll flip through to a random page, open it. I have yet to see one that we've done. That's amazing. So we are literally so set on this or that. It's not even funny. Oh, damn! And that was yeah. like one of the like the hardest parts about running this podcast is <laughs> yeah, going through this without questions. Yeah, just scavenging she gets the dark like, web. Yeah, gonna start like entering like just weird like coding formula to like access <laughs> yeah. this unknown region of the dark web to find questions this we or that. Used yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally. Well, okay, we're set, man. We're set. Exactly. So here we go. I think uh, it's time we get into our one of our favorite segments, this or that. rather lick all the makeup off a clown's face or lick your refrigerator clean oh man yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, the thing is like all i can think of it is I, I i can only assume that this is the inside of your refrigerator Right, like you're not licking the outside surface area clean, so this yeah, is like yeah. anything that like gets spilled in there, or whatever is like yeah. just sitting around. Man, it's disgusting either way. It's really just disgusting either way. God, I think I'm gonna have to go with the makeup off of a clown's really? face. I really, really don't know. That surprises like, me. The th- the thought of just like. Like, I don't know, man. It's so nasty either way. <laughs> Just the thought of, though, of, like, going into your refrigerator and seeing spilled things on, like the inside of the door or those shelves that you just don't really oh, pay attention yeah. to. And, dude, and I'm just thinking the bottom like, at school, the bottom of my fridge, like our fridge has a little bit of a leak. So there's kind of like this accumulation of a little, just like fridge water that's been sitting there for like, so <laughs> like long. think about having to lick the refrigerator water. You go, you open, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think, yeah, but like, at least it's edible or it came from something that once was edible. I don't, I don't know. Like, man. I guess, I guess, but I'm going to the refrigerator on this one just because hopefully I get lucky. And, and after, like, I, I just stumble across some like chipotle mayo that's like, yeah, a but day that's old. disgusting. <laughs> no, but then, but it's like fresh enough where it's still good and gets the like the previous bad tastes out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, oh. it just makes me like yeah uh, it gives me like yeah, shivers <laughs> yeah, that's not good no okay next one here have everyone in the world be an adult and you you are the only kid or have everyone in the world be a kid and you are the only adult oh this is an easy one for me what uh, is it? I'd, I'd be the only kid uh i'd be the only kid in the world full of adults yeah, I'm um, same page. It was everybody would look after me. I wouldn't have to do anything right, for myself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Where is like, the only you're, you're babysitting everyone wherever you go. <laughs> this but like how many billion be, people. You would be rich as can be. Like you would have all the money in the world, essentially, just scamming these little children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but 
There wouldn't like I don't even know. We wouldn't even be an economy. You would be the economy. Yeah. Nah, I'm going there, to. You'd be the bank. I'd be. Yeah, me too. And plus, like, man, yeah, I. It's got to be. It's got to be the kid in the world full of adults. There's no other yeah. way around it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're on the same page there. We got the next one for you. And that would be have four noses on your face or have a tongue as long as your body. Uh, I'm going to go tongue as long as your body. And part of it is like, I'm going to assume that when the, when you, your tongue is only as long as your body, when you stick it out. Yeah. Yeah. You can put it away and have it like it's not noticeable like it's not gonna like fill up your mouth or anything like that whereas i think the nose is just like visually i'm kind of just imagining it like you have one nose bridge but then it's like a nose peeking off to the side on either side like it's like like that it like spouts out four different ones like some star wars character or something yes yes exactly like it's not just like randomly placed on your face or anything it's literally coming from the middle it's spouting out so I'm going to go tongue as long as your body. And here's like one thing I'm going to ask you is, okay. Um, can you touch your nose with your tongue? I can. Yeah. Okay. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, not many people can do it though. No, no. Yeah. Not many people can do it. Yeah. So I, can, like, I can do it. Uh, I think it would just be I, cool to have that long ass tongue. Like Gene Simmons. Yeah. But the thing is like, okay, do you think you'd be able to um, like control the length of it? Because, like, I'm assuming with a tongue as long as your body, it would be, like, your cheeks would be, like, like containing this thing. Because no, where I think would it you go? Can contr- I, think you- <laughs> I think you can control it. Because, like, I think about how my tongue is right now. It's in my mouth, and there's no problem of the size of it. But I can, like, stick my tongue out, obviously, out of past my mouth up to the point where I can touch my nose. But, like... It's but not you need, just that no, long. But you need your tongue to be moving around in your mouth a certain way to speak properly. Okay, yeah. So if, you're, if your tongue is as long as your body, you'd be... Like, you wouldn't be able <laughs> yeah. to make sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally just like moving my tongue around in my mouth right now, trying to figure this question out. Are you gonna try to try to work through the logistics of the problem? Yeah, I think I think um, I'm gonna have four noses. And it, if you if you put your tongue out of the out of your mouth, if you just go like this and stick your tongue out, would it like go out like as long as you're like six feet immediately, or could you go like a little bit at a time? No, I or, think like, you can control it. I think you can control it because like. Currently, yeah. you can control the length, right? Like, you can make it, like, go longer and longer out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, would it get I would too just heavy like, at some just... point? It's like a little uh, <laughs> it's like a tape, tape measure. measure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's too long, it just flops. Yeah, so I yeah. think uh, I'm going to go four noses. Okay. So what? I got, agree to I disagree on this one. Great smell. Great sense of smell. <laughs> okay. Wear a bike helmet everywhere you go or carry an open umbrella all the time. gotta go with the open umbrella all the time because bike helmet everywhere i go i'd go open umbrella all the time because man there's a lot of weird shit going on in fashion these days that could pass as like a style or like something so i feel like if you just own it somebody's oh fuck, that's a luck man like somebody's sort of like copying this like weird shit i don't know man. i'd go umbrella all the time bike helmet's a little sus like 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, is this guy okay? Like, is yeah. He, like- that's the that's the thing too. I'm like, I'm gonna agree with you here as well. Open umbrella. I think I would just sacrifice the the bad luck, um, like theory that an open umbrella in like rooms and stuff is bad luck. Yeah, yeah. I think I would just sacrifice it because I couldn't deal with the the controversy that would go around surrounding being the guy who's always wearing a bike helmet like people would literally like start looking at you and thinking you got you got some kind of problem or something's going on so like they'd probably treat you really nicely though that is true that is true you would probably get some special treatment from it (laughs) they're like oh ryan are you okay are you okay is everything okay yes (laughs) yes Oh yeah, but no, I, I gotta go open umbrella, man. I'm going open umbrella too. Plus, you're just always gonna be prepared for anything. Like if it's That's too true. sunny out, That's you true. got shade. If right. It's raining, you, you got, you're always ready. Yes, snowstorm, blizzard. You got like a shield yeah. barrier kind of thing. Somebody throws but something at you, boom, like, block it. Since you gotta have it on yeah, shield, instant shield. If you have like a uh, a windstorm and it turns it inside out and maybe like rips out of your hands and blows away, do you have to go to the store and get a new one, I or would so. it automatically like reappear in your hand? Because you always have to have it. Yeah, no, I think you just like, I think you just like have to go get a new one. <laughs> Plus, you could have like different. Uh, you could have like different um sizes styles of umbrella for different days oh, okay styles <laughs> i was yeah. thinking like you were gonna say I mean, like those there's... little drink umbrellas and stuff <laughs> you're just carrying one of those at all times oh. like it's in your hair or something <laughs> it's an accessory at that point and the next one we have the last one after that umbrella like the, he, fuck <laughs> the helmet's so tough okay uh the last one we have here is be a big <laughs> what is this would you rather be a big slow bird or be a fast little fish (laughs) uh i'm going big slow bird um all i can think about is just like some big intimidating wings like 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 a swan or something powerful yeah it's not not yet graceful yeah so much power so gritty (laughs) uh i think i'd rather do that because at the end of the day too part of it is i would always just rather be able to fly yeah i wouldn't you couldn't uh, you wouldn't have any friends if you're underwater all the time (laughs) yeah like yeah yeah, like you want to come to the bar with us sorry man i can't i'm underwater (laughs) dude you're a bird you're not a human underwater (laughs) Yeah, like you're, my, not, uh, you're a fish or a bird <laughs> you're not like a human i was in my mind i was like I, like a big slow bird i thought you meant like like a bird person like from like rick and morty <laughs> imagine being a man with just wings <laughs> like big bird from sesame street yeah like you can still talk but we're talking about the real animals i guess yeah i, I think so <laughs> I kind of like the bird person. <laughs> You'd almost be like, you know, American, the show American Dad. Yeah, yeah. It's the fish called Klaus. Klaus Cla- you'd be like Klaus, or you'd be like Bird Person from Rick and Morty. There's literally a character called Bird Person. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think, regardless of the situation, whether you're just an actual bird or a bird person. Actual- 
Bird wins. I all think day I'm long. taking the bird. I'd rather just be able to fly, man. If I chose fast little fish, you just like slowly swoop down, just like chill as fuck, going about your day, and just like eat me. I'd yeah. be done. I'd be yeah, done. Exactly. I could be as shifty as I want to be. You're just gonna be like looking at waiting, biding <sighs> your time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm going yeah, bird, bird easy all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that about wraps up our this or that's. Uh, I love these ones and we've got plenty more to come. So yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah, run yeah. out. Um, let's, let's announce our crank lot of the week. And just to be clear here, like these ones are a little bit difficult to hand out, especially at this point in time because of the circumstances. Like we can't go out and see people and like associate with it, like being kind of different atmospheres and stuff. Like yeah, you're seeing the same yeah. people over and over again. And at some point, like you can't just keep handing them out to the same people and where we were at before when we were announcing the lot of the week is we would give them to just regular people that like that weren't friends or like write-ins of the show and stuff. And I think that we kind of, we kind of should keep going, going with that and like keep it consistent keep announcing those kinds of people. So this lot of the week, I want to give it to people who build and maintain outdoor rinks and not just this year this year is especially i think um noticeable because a lot of people are looking for things to do to get outside and kill some time and there's obviously cities who set up rinks like i know the markham civic center sets up their rink and then in newmarket they have a public skating rink by main street newmarket but really the the people that stand out are the people who they're not city people who do it it's just like some dad around the corner or like in your neighborhood who goes and sets up a rink just for everyone to go and play on he goes himself and floods it every night maybe he like sets the public up lights park or whatever like, yeah because i know out near oc's house in uh that area there's just like some guy in the neighborhood who, who literally went out bought this material to build a rink and sets one up every year and then over by us like there's people who set up that rink i think this year the city might have done it but there's always people who go out and just set up ranks around around uh yeah. the city so that people can skate on and i think those people are just the real mvp like they are maintain they're not only building it but they maintain it so that people can use it on a daily basis and that's pretty important like that's just a, such a good wholehearted community thing to do to keep everyone engaged keep people active and like give people some kind of outlet to get out and go and do things so that's it's my a lot, lot of, work, of the week man. yeah it really with, is like for good for good reason too i think that's a well-deserved lot of the week right there does any it's just a kind of a, a blanket lot of the week for any people who do this yeah man it's a lot of we gotta wake up at like 5 a.m yeah fucking okay, like hose it down take the snow off, shovel it, maintain it, set up the lights, probably pay, pay the electrical bill, whatever, to, to light the thing. Yeah. And the, and probably the water too, to flood it. Oh man, like, yeah. Like I know that last night we were playing uh, some NHL and Joey was just like, yeah, I'm just going to hop down the sh- or run down the street and see if that rink's ready or like, if it's good. Cause I might go skate right now. And this is at like probably 11 o'clock. He wanted to go over and just go for a skate and uh he like came back on like 10 minutes later and was like yeah the guy's there flooding it like he literally said if you don't mind just come back tomorrow i'm just flooding the rink and he like goes out shovels it clear floods it waits probably throws on a second coat and then heads out and then comes back in the morning cleans it up shovels it probably puts on a nice little light layer again in the morning and then it's good for kids to go on throughout the day and, and stuff so yeah those kinds of people you know really keep especially like the hockey and the skating community 
buzzing and active at this time of year. And especially when you can't go and play recreational hockey, it's especially important. So shout out to those people. Those are a lot of the week. Do you think that like you need a permit to build a rink in a public park like that? Or can you just like set it up? Because I'm a little confused because if I wanted to, let's say I wanted to be that guy, I wanted to be that elite to go to my public park (laughs) and set one up for the community. Would I just be able to like put it up? Or would I need to yeah, like, I talk don't know. to somebody about it? I don't know. I feel like you kind of just got to call the city, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to really like give you any problem yeah. over it. I like, like they're going to destroy it. I don't know. Like... Especially too, I think I know the one in Markham that I was just talking about is on um, like a baseball diamond. Yeah. And I feel like the city would probably rather have people on that than on a pond. Because if you like, like let's say something happens with the pond, God forbid, but like something happens in the pond, then it's like, oh damn, people were skating on our pond. Obviously, it's their own risk, but like it's still your kind of thing. Whereas there's probably less risk of people having bad things happen if you're just on like a baseball diamond skating around on the rink out yeah, there. Yeah. And it can Dude, be maintained, Markham, right? Oh, yeah. Markham needs more. Like, I know in downtown Toronto, they literally have those like hockey specific outdoor rinks with like the boards and either like the chain yeah. fences, glass, but like just actual, actual outdoor hockey rinks. Markham mm. needs Markham needs at least one of them because like we have yeah. none, and they're yeah. perfect. Like like the the park right across from my house, like Carlton, big empty field. Like it's just waiting for one man. Like I want to write a letter to go my... out there and throw some boards up. Yeah. See, yeah. what's too bad is that so every year in my neighborhood, like probably like a five minute walk from my house, they set up this rink, and the best way I can describe it is it's like an Olympic size rink but bigger. And it's just, they take this whole field and just flood the entire field and then build up the snow around the sides like boards. And uh, I don't know if it's the city or if it's just somebody who goes and does it. I think it's the city because like it's way too, (laughs) it's massive. Like it it would take so much water. But I went over today to see if the rink was ready to go or because my sister said they're getting it ready. And for some reason, rather than doing the one big pad, they've set up two smaller pads this year. I'm like, why? Like, it was so good. You, there would be like eight games going on that one pad at a time. Last That's year, almost last year. worse. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to break people up, but on the smaller quarters, you'd think. Yeah, that, you're like, like forcing people together. into a smaller area. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of weird. Huh. I saw that. And I'm like, hmm. But yeah, kind of still backwards to thinking people there. for setting up the ranks. Like, yeah, that, they could have just not set it up at all. Yeah. So yeah, that about does it, though. Um, episode 62. Boys took me a while to find it, but we got one. it. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. Yeah. We had a Buck Hunter competition. Um, had on Marcus Phillips, an AHL hockey player who shared his experience in the OHL. He won the OHL championship. Uh, played in the World Juniors for Team Canada. And now he's at LA Kings camp right now. So that was pretty cool. Also had our first ever fan questions. People wrote in fan questions that we got to ask. And then uh, <laughs> came out of that and had a this or that. Yeah. All pretty unique questions i think they were all uh they actually made us think and uh then handed out our lot of the week so boys came back at the bang in 2021 with our first ever interview or of the year i should say it should specify (laughs) but yeah that's that's about it so make sure you go and check us out on youtube as well um not only are am i now like posting short clips 
of the episodes so you don't have to just watch the full episode but so you can find the full episodes uh every one that we do you can find short clips so there's anywhere from like two to eight minute clips of just segments posting our be betters or this or that like everything is up on there so if you just want to watch certain parts or like see our reactions to things maybe you just want to watch the interview with marcus like it's all up there so go check out our youtube Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. And then obviously go on to Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whatever the hell you listen on. I think we're even on Google Podcasts. If you if you want to listen to us on any of those platforms, make sure you go on there, share with your friends, and then let us know that you're listening. Post it on your story. Send us a screenshot. Write us in if you have any complaints or you think that we said something really dumb or whatever you want to say. Like yeah. write us in and let us know. So yeah, we always yeah. appreciate that feedback. Let's us know that kind of like where to go if we're on the right track, if we're not, what you'd like to hear, what you don't want us to talk about ever again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let us know. It helps us. Well, out, also, if but... you have a dispute, we can have you on to discuss yeah. it. If McGee and I think one thing and you think another, come on and let us know. Like we had, like Pete, uh, Mc... Pete, yeah, Pete like Pete came, came on, on and was like, yo, you guys were just shitting on car guys. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we, we ended up coming to like a, uh, uh, almost we we didn't like take one side or the other we almost just came to an As agreement a mutual understanding yes yeah because yeah. he was like you guys are right about some things and wrong about others and we kind of understood right. his side we, settled, too, so. we squashed the beef yeah beef was squashed exactly but, hey hey bigger and better things are, mo- are on the way on the horizon uh big things coming i mean it's it's the uh our slogan is oldest time itself at this point <laughs> yeah uh, we look forward to to kind of having you guys stick around and and Join us for our, our journey as we progress this world of podcasting. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 62. Catch us next week. Same time, same place, same lot chairs. See you, lads and lads. Cheers. Cheers.